Hey everybody, you're listening to Dead Ideas, the podcast of extinct thoughts and practices. Happy birthday! We have been on the air for one year to date. Wow, one year. It feels like ten. Today we have a very special episode for you. You're going to laugh, you're going to cry, we're going to look back, we're going to look forward, and believe it or not, we are going to tell the history of the History Channel. That's probably the you'll cry part. That's what we're talking about today on Dead Ideas. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. So many people have suggested to me that we should do a show on ideas that should be dead, like, say, the anti-vaccination movement or stuff like that. And I can't tell you how many times people have suggested this to me. And honestly, it's tempting, but you know what? That's just not the spirit of this show. It's not an attack show. I mean, Dead Ideas is about looking at a people who believe ideas radically different than ours and then exploring their time and place so deeply that eventually you can kind of sort of understand how they might have thought that way. I mean, it, it's about perspective taking. That's the spirit of Dead Ideas, not attacking ideas that we think should be dead. But if there's one idea that really seriously should be dead, an idea that has already basically killed itself, it is the History Channel. I mean, the History Channel, it used to be good. Well, I, I don't know if I would say good exactly, but it used to be history at least, actual history. Now take a look at the programming on this channel. I mean, you, Ancient Aliens, Pawn Stars, Ice Road Truckers, and uh, I, that's all I should have to say, really. I mean, it's not actually called the History Channel anymore. Now it's just called History, but I refuse to call it that because it's just the ultimate insult to the word. History is the one thing that it is not. I refuse to call it that. I refuse to call it that. It, it, see... If you're a fan of history, you see, and I mean actual history, then you already know what I'm talking about. I mean, the very idea of the History Channel as history is already dead and buried. It's like it died and then some other spirit swooped in and reanimated its corpse and is now walking around in it like Anna Jivika. <laughs> see what I did there? See, the retrospective part of our anniversary episode here has already begun. We're going to be sneaking in the retrospective part in little bits here throughout the show, and it'll be a kind of game, or maybe even a test, if you will, to see if you're fan enough to spot them before I point them out. <laughs> and when you hear this sound, that's a pingback to one of our series that we've done, all of which, by the way, our actual history, damn it. That's real history, and that's all that we publish on this show. So the, the Ajivika in particular is a pingback to our very first series on reanimated corpses of ancient India about the extinct cult of the Ajivika, who thought everyone without fail goes through a series of reincarnations, the last seven of which are in reanimated dead corpses. <laughs> that was really fun. And despite totally ricky audio quality on that series, it remains one of our listeners' favorites, we fixed our audio quality issue right away in the very next series after that, but going back and listening to that kind of feels like getting kicked in the balls, to be honest. <laughs> it was fun, though. Anyway, back to what we're talking about here, the History Channel, right? Okay, so you, 
You want an episode that is about a should-be-dead idea? Well, here you go. We'll do one should-be-dead idea. One and one only. The History Channel. And this is like, it's like when you reach that a certain threshold of like followers or likes or something on social media and then as a sort of appreciation to your fans, you do something that you normally wouldn't. For example, I guess depending on your particular brand of celebrity, it might even be something like a selfie with a just a hint of nudity or something, released just for the fans, quote-unquote. Well, this show is kind of like that. We normally wouldn't do a should-be-dead show like this, but here you go. You know what? You know what? I'm even gonna... I'll even work in the nudity part. Like, here, can you hear this? You probably can't hear anything, but that is the sound of me pulling up my shirt suggestively for you. And how about this? There's a little history side boob for you. How about that? <laughs> so yeah, this is going to be an unusual show, and this is just for the fans, okay? Now, I see, I don't mind poking fun at the History Channel, because it's a corporation that is only earnestly after a profit. That's it. And that's so painfully obvious that ratings are the only thing motivating the History Channel. And by the way, by the way, I should add, I know that there are History Channels in all different languages all over the world. And honestly, I have no idea if the programming is equally bad everywhere. I would be interested to know from our international listeners if you write in and comment if your local History Channel is anything like what I'm going to be describing here. But I can only talk about what I know, so I'm mainly going to talk about the American channel, the original channel, the integrity of which has simply plummeted. I mean, their historian's conscience, their responsibility to the truth, has been so completely jettisoned in favor of the dollar bill that they have honestly forfeited all respectability and credibility and deserve no mercy, no quarter, and therefore none shall be shown on this episode. And so, presenting to you a should-be-dead idea, the history of the History Channel. All right, here we go. So, our story begins 8,000 years ago in ancient Egypt. Did aliens help the Egyptians produce the first History Channel documentary? <laughs> Just kidding. I thought it was actually on the History Channel there for a second. Okay, <clears throat> let's try this again. Was Stonehenge built by time-traveling History Channel producers? <laughs> okay, I'm still having a hard time focusing here. All right, but there's our second retrospective of the day, by the way. Ping back to our ginormous stone circles series about the Neolithic builders of Stonehenge. Okay, all right, third time's the charm. Seriously, now. Okay, starting in 1995, when the History Channel first aired, our house, meaning where I actually grew up, our house was filled with the sounds of mortars firing, bombs dropping, and stukas diving. <laughs> I was in high school at the time, and my dad got big into the History Channel, and he played it loud because his hearing was not so good. I mean, he is an awesome guy and an amazing pilot. He's a crop duster, and he's really, really good at it. I'm very proud of my father. But years and years in small airplanes and all that engine noise damaged his ears. So he, was, he would play the History Channel really loud, right? So it was loud and you could hear it throughout our whole house. And I think maybe the History Channel reminded him of his dad, who fought in World War II and was wounded in the Battle of the Bulge. See, back then the thing was the History Channel was almost entirely devoted to World War II 
so much so that it actually earned the nickname the Hitler Channel. <laughs> and even at that, it really only showed the American side of World War II. And I mean, you would think that everything else in history was just a footnote to the invasion of Normandy or something. So it's not that it was good <laughs> as a history channel, but at least it was history. It was history. But then, on February 16th, 2008, it changed its name to just history. And it got a new logo, keeping the big gold H, but inserting a play button on the bottom left. And I have to wonder if maybe somehow in some hermeneutical interpretive way, we can say that that's symbolic of something, like a switch toward trying to get as many plays as possible, for example, because that's sure as hell what it seems like to me. So the History Channel was already in the top 25 channels or so, or something like that. But starting around this time, somewhere vaguely in this period, it just decided to make a bid to go all the way to the top and damn the consequences, forget about, you know, any kind of integrity or conscience. It's just going to go for as high of ratings as possible. And you know that's a bad sign because anything history is just, it's not going to be popular with everybody. That's just that's just a ground rule of playing the history game. History shows are not for everybody, and they're not supposed to be. I mean, I'm sure our show could get a ton more downloads if we did, like, True Crime or The Paranormal or something like that that's super popular, but that's just not what it's about. It's, it's about the excitement and thrill that you get at the idea that, wow, this really happened. At least that's what it's about for me. And if you toss that part out, if you tossed out the truth in history, that feeling that, wow, this really happened, then what's left? There's nothing left of interest at all. At that point, it's just pure masturbation. I mean, that's what they should have changed their name to, not history. It should be called the Masturbation Channel. <laughs> I mean, that would have gotten them far higher ratings. But no, they changed their name to history. And from that point on, all bets were off. And I feel like maybe the channel started off with creators and producers who might have had some actual interest in history at some point in the beginning, but at a certain point, it must have been taken over by some frickin' like, vacuum salesman or something who only saw dollar signs because it became all about the ratings. And you could almost say that the channel was plagued by profiteers, a miasma, if you will, hung over the channel like a stinking cloud. <laughs> There's our third retrospective reference. Shout out to our Miasma series about the idea that plague is caused by mutated atoms called miasma, which we've been told is where our show actually started to hit its stride. Anyway, in 2003, the History Channel airs a series then called The Men Who Killed Kennedy, about the assassination of American President John F. Kennedy. Now, this was a re-airing of a British series produced in the 90s by ITV, and that series was actually fine. That was just fine. I have no beef with that series. But guess what the History Channel did to it? They added three extra episodes. And this is indicative of the direction that the channel was taking. Now allow me to present to the court exhibits A, B, and C, the three episodes that they added. And I know the second that I said Kennedy, you already knew what was about to come here, right? I mean, but it's even worse than what you're already thinking. Trust me. All right. So exhibit A 
In an episode called The Smoking Guns, guns plural, meaning at least two gunmen, obviously, the conspiracy, it's the second gunman theory, right? Clearly, you know that part was coming. But listen, here, here's the thing. The conspiracy then is pinned on, among other people, retired economics professor Malcolm Liggett. <laughs> Had you ever heard of this guy before? I hadn't. Uh, that's kind of random. And so Liggett sues and wins a settlement from the A&E network who owns the History Channel. Okay, that's Exhibit A. Moving on to Exhibit B, the episode called The Love Affair. And now in this episode, the History Channel version claims that Judith Vary Baker was Lee Harvey Oswald's lover and helped Oswald to develop a biological weapon that caused cancer in a CIA plot to assassinate Fidel Castro. <laughs> what? <laughs> As I, each ensuing clause in that sentence just went further and further off the rails, for what reason I can't even imagine. I mean, you knew, you knew that they were headed into conspiracy theory territory, right? We knew that, right? But a plot to kill Castro? <laughs> what? I mean, that's just outside the bounds of even your average run-of-the-mill second gunman conspiracy theory. I mean, it's making even them blush with embarrassment. <laughs> it's not even about Kennedy! It's like they just wanted to jam sex in there somewhere. That's the love affair part, I guess. And then with the biological weapon? Well, well actually, I guess, you know... Okay, so this is 2003, right, This that this came out? Well, that was actually the same year that... Saddam Hussein was was noted as possibly stockpiling weapons of mass destruction and refusing to allow the UN inspections in. And so and then that was then used to justify the second Gulf War, at least in America it was. And so were they trying to shoehorn in WMDs somehow there and capitalize on what was going on in the news? I I don't know. And why Castro? I most certainly don't know. Maybe, maybe it just would have been too obvious if they put Saddam Hussein in there and, and made him responsible for the assassination of Kennedy. Though I, it would have been just as historical as using Fidel Castro, I guess, but <laughs> I, I don't know what was going on with that. So that was Exhibit B. Finally, Exhibit C, their episode called The Guilty Men. Now in this third and final extra episode, responsibility for Kennedy's assassination is pinned squarely on his presidential successor, Lyndon B. Johnson. Not only that, but Johnson is also claimed to have been involved in the murder of six other people, including his own sister. Okay. And this whole episode leads then to an outcry from Johnson's living associates, including Bill Moyers, for one, his widow, Lady Bird Johnson, and former presidents Jimmy Carter and Gerald Ford. And they all accuse the History Channel of libel. In response, the History Channel backpedals, and they air this episode with a, a panel of historians who conclude that, yes, in fact, actually, the series was, you know, not, not credible, should never have been aired, we're very sorry, etc. So you could say that they admitted their conspiracy theory episode was a witch hunt. <laughs> that, that's the best I could do to shoehorn in a pingback to our anti-witches series, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was about the Benandante, a peculiar agrarian cult from Renaissance Italy that believed they went on visions in the night wielding fennel stalks as weapons to fight witches armed with sorghum sticks. 
That was a very peculiar series for us to do. A lot of fun. Anyway, so the History Channel owned up to their mistake and never aired that series ever again. Whew, all right, well, problem dealt with, right? They learned their lesson clearly, right? <laughs> Nothing but straight history, straight and narrow from here on out, right? So starting in 2005, the History Channel begins airing the series Decoding the Past, which combs through history for anything written down that spookily sounds vaguely like anything actually happening in modern times. And here, just, just check it out. Here's some of the episode titles from this series. <clears throat> Behind the Da Vinci Code, Nostradamus 500 Years Later, Part 1, Nostradamus 500 Years Later, Part 2, The Bible Code, Predicting Armageddon, Nazi Prophecies, Presidential Prophecies, The Other Nostradamus. <laughs> you get my point. I mean, it's, it's a clear appeal to sensationalism and hysteria. <laughs> Aha! Ping back to our series on hysteria, although our series was not about the social hysteria like doomsday prophecies like this, but actually about the medical diagnosis that for millennia believed women's wombs wandered around their bodies causing problems. And even in the 19th century, when doctors are pretty sure the wombs didn't move, they still looked at a woman patient and thought, huh, she's got a uterus, so obviously that must be the root of the problem. <laughs> Another fun one. Haunting, but fun. Anyway, the thing about these Decoding the Past series episodes is, despite the sensationalism and the questionable claims involved, at least they're vaguely related to history, right? But soon, even that was about to change. Starting in 2005, the History Channel airs the series Ice Road Truckers, following the lives of truckers driving across frozen lakes and rivers in Arctic Canada and Alaska. Hmm? <laughs> uh, well, I have to admit, I guess the, the premise is at least somewhat interesting in a kind of reality TV show sort of way. I mean, what's it like for these people in their lives? I, I, I have to admit, I mean, I, I'm at least a little bit intrigued by that, but is it history? I, <laughs> how do you get away with that? This, this show begins yet another veering off into the weeds of the History Channel, and pretty soon you have all kinds of these reality shows, like Axemen, that premieres in 2008 and follows logging crews across North America, and Pawn Stars, also in 2008, about a pawn shop in Las Vegas. I mean, what what's going on here, right? I mean... And, and, to, and to rationalize this clearly ratings-motivated direction that they're now taking, the History Channel will eventually adopt the slogan, History Made Every Day, as if to suggest that this is about history as it is being made by regular people every day. But I mean, come on. I mean, honestly, when it comes down to it, the only real meaning that I can realistically draw out of that slogan, History Made Every Day, is that they make these stupid quote-unquote history shows every day. <laughs> That's the only thing I can get out of that, honestly. Well, but we're still not done. The ultimate insult comes in 2009 with the series Ancient Aliens. And uh, <laughs> I, I can't even 
no, that's that's all I have to say about that. I'm out. No more. I'm done. I can't. I can't even go on <laughs> with this. What the hell, History Channel? <laughs> oh, uh, oh. Okay, no more. No more. Now, but I I should add because I do actually have a historian's conscience. I should add that the History Channel has also aired actual history, interspersed randomly and ever so faintly between all the rest of this garbage, but occasionally they have done shows that have been decent. I mean, Modern Marvels, for example, is a good series. Gettysburg, I hear, is good. Life After People is one that people often make fun of for being apocalyptic and ooh, but I actually honestly kind of liked it. And, and also, I do admit that I dearly love the show Vikings, even though Honestly, the only true-to-history thing about that show is that there really was such a thing as a Viking, but nevertheless, I, I, I eat it up. Hook, line, and sinker. I love it anyway. Vikings is good. But come on, History Channel. I mean, you can't just give us these breadcrumbs and expect us to survive on that. You can't expect that tossing us a meager scrap of actual history once in a while, just enough to keep us going, a single bone in a soup that is otherwise just nutritionless broth. <laughs> you can't expect that that will be enough, right? I mean, what do you expect me to say? What do you expect me to say here? I, even if I wanted to do just, just like a clear, non-mocking history of the History Channel, it would be just as bad. Because wh what do you expect me to say? There's nothing I can say. There's nothing I can do. I mean, the channel of my youth that once filled the halls of our house with the sweet sounds of exploding Nazis and V2 rockets, is simply no more. Need you, History Channel, are a shadow of your former self, which was never even that good in the first place. But at least it was history. You, History Channel, should be a dead idea, because you are a walking corpse. You have constructed a phylactery and cast that Dungeons & Dragons spell to turn yourself into an undead sorcerer lich. And now putrid scabs of flesh of history drip from your bones. You are the opposite of history. You are anti-history. You, History Channel, make the Greek muse of history Cleo want to douche. You leave me no choice, History Channel. There's only one way to restore your name now. All I can do is try to guilt you back into reclaiming your former integrity through a public appeal to your honor. Therefore, I cast a geish on you, History Channel. <laughs> Ping back to our series on the medieval Irish geish. I cast a geish on you that you must never speak your channel's name, History, without also adding lies. Your name henceforth shall be History Lies, lest all the powers and forces of fate rain down hell and fury upon you and bring about your downfall. May you find yourself ensurfed to a landlord who forces you to actually make history. <laughs> Ping back to our Russian serfdom series. You, History Channel, History Lies, have gambled for profit and power too long and soon you will find the balance of power shifting against you. <laughs> Paying back to our balance of power series, it's really hard to shoehorn these in, I'm sorry. <laughs> From now on, 
Your name is History Lies, because a liar is what you are. You call yourself history, but you are not history, and at the very least, you must admit that. <laughs> now, okay. Now, to close out this episode, I want to end with a salute to the good old days, when history was really history, when history was the Hitler channel, because at least it was real. So, I give to you now, this is my homage to the history channel as it was in my youth. This is for the youth out there. This is my rally. This is my address to the history youth. My history youth, after one year I can greet you again here. You listening here represent something that is happening all throughout history. We want you, history boys and history girls, to absorb all that we expect of history in years to come. We want to see one history! And you must educate yourselves for this. We want this people to be peace-loving, but at the same time, to be courageous. And you must, for that reason, be both peace-loving and strong. We do not want this people to become soft, but to become hard. And therefore, you must steel yourself for this in your youth. Whatever we create today, whatever we do, all will pass away, but in you, history will live on! And when we can no longer hold the microphone, we tore from nothing. You must hold it firmly in your fists, for you are flesh of our flesh and blood from our blood. The same spirit that governs us burns in your young minds. And when the great columns of the movement sweep through history today, then I know that you will close ranks, and we know that history lies in front of us. History marches within us, and history follows behind us. Fuck you, History Channel! Fuck you! Everybody now, all of you listening out there, wherever you are, whether you're driving to work and stuck in traffic or something, running in the street of some quiet white picket suburb, whether you're at the library that's totally dead silent or listening on your computer at home as you clip your toenails, I want all of you out there to join me in shouting out at the top of your lungs as loud as you can, fuck you history channel. Are you ready? On the count of three, one, two, three, fuck you, History Channel. 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 Fuck you, 
History Channel. Fuck you, History Channel. Fuck you, History Channel. Fuck you, History Channel. You filthy capitalist spies. Fuck you, History Channel! <laughs> All right, folks. That's our episode for today. And our one-year anniversary special. That is your should-be-dead idea. That's your history side boob. <laughs> Maybe that should be a hashtag. Hashtag history side boob. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay, uh, stay focused here. That's our episode for today. I hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, I want to hear it. I want to hear your rant about the History Channel. If you're a true history youth, and you feel the true call of history pumping in your veins, I want you to go onto Facebook, I want you to go onto Twitter, go wherever, and let your feelings be known. I want to hear your comments. I want to hear your rant. If you use the hashtag Hashtag fuck you history channel. I will find it and I will read it on the air. I don't, I don't know how, like a special episode or at the end of it. I, we'll see, right? But I will put it on the air. I promise, okay? Everybody post your rant with hashtag fuck you history channel. <laughs> Thank you. Meanwhile, we on our show will continue to pump out real actual history. I mean, we've got a whole lot more that we want to do on Dead Ideas, and we've got a whole Google Doc between us, between Nick and Anna and Andre and I, of all the ideas that we want to do. I want to do ideas like the Buddhist mummies of Japan. I want to do the canals of Mars. I want to do dead contraceptive techniques, which is, that was suggested by one of my co-workers, and I would love to have her on the show, by the way. And anybody else out there who has a dead idea that you want us to do, let us know, by all means. Write in at deadideaspod at gmail.com. Find us on our website, www.deadideas.net, or on social media at, at deadideaspod. We want to hear it. We want to know. What do you want us to explore? We'll do it for you, okay? Let us know. Send in your dead ideas. Because who knows what will come in the future. Speaking of which, what will the future look like for this show? Honestly, I don't know. Because every time I make a plan, it seems to fall apart. But here's one thing that I can say. I can say that the show is only going to get better and better. And because, frankly, I get bored if I don't keep challenging myself. I mean, that's why we've come up with crazy new kinds of episodes, like the role-playing game episode style, for example. I mean, it's, it's hella fun, but it's also a challenge. I mean, we keep pushing the boundaries, and that's, that's also what this show is about. Uh, and, and people have said that the role-playing game episodes have actually been really great for putting you in the time and the place, and so I'm glad. I, I'm, I'm glad that it's working. Let us know what's working and what's not. I want to hear that too. But but what I want to say is, so you can look forward to increasing quality. And I don't know exactly what's coming down the pipe any more than you do in this respect. We'll be surprised together, because because we're going for quality over quantity. And this actually brings me to something else that I want to talk about and announce here. And that is that, so we've been pumping out an episode a week for a year, and that's a major accomplishment that I'm very proud of. But honestly, it's been a struggle. A lot of work goes into every episode, research, scripting, recording, editing. And just this week, my wife, Rachel, actually said to me, you spend every minute of your free time on podcasting. And frankly, that's very nearly true. I mean, it's 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 a lot. It's It's too much, really, to be honest, to have any kind of you know, work-life podcasting balance. And if you've been listening long enough, you know that's the case. You know it's been a struggle for us. I mean, 
We started with interspersing the Public Domain Theater 3000 style episodes because they were easier to kind of pump out quickly. And then we recently moved to the every other week format for the main series while doing the quote unquote wildcard episodes interspersed in the off weeks. It's supposed to be wildcard because you never know what you're going to get. It's like these one off things that are easier to research, they're kind of research light kind of topics, but but it just quickly became a second full epic series. I mean, our current wildcard quote-unquote series is Titoism, which looks like it now, it's going to be as long as anything we've ever done before, if not longer. <laughs> it's coming out at the same time, too, as our cuneiform series, which uh, is almost wrapped up, but not quite. We have our grand finale coming up very soon here. But t the Titoism series is only supposed to be a few episodes long and published sporadically as interviews came in. But I got so into it that I, it just got bigger and better. And that's that's who I am. Like, I, I get really into something and I want to share it. And I put all of my energy into it and all of the quality that I can into it. That's what I promise to keep giving you. But we're we are going to focus on quality over quantity. So... In order to establish some kind of work-life podcasting balance, we are going to move to a bi-weekly publishing schedule. Well, actually, now even that plan already is falling apart since when I first recorded this. We'll do bi-weekly for the main series, how about that? And then for the wild cards, sporadic. We'll do it that way. So you'll never know quite when they're coming. They'll be even more wild in that respect. Maybe we'll do on average one per month with some months two and some months none. You'll never know, so they just pop up. Because bi-weekly episodes and doing, like, long epic series, is, it would be one topic for a long, long time, and I don't want people to get bored of just one topic. I want you to have lots of interesting new stuff coming all the time, too. So we'll do the wildcard episodes sporadically. You'll never know when they're coming, but they'll be popping up. For example, in October, for sure, we'll have a Halloween episode in there. And there's some other good one-offs that I want to do also in the meantime, too. So you can look forward to surprises. We'll say that, okay? Quality over quantity. Okay, I want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners. Your support has encouraged me. It's encouraged all of us here on the show. Thank you especially to our Patreon supporters. Thank you to Wailana Kalama. Thank you to Mary Tokumaru. To Richard Little to Brian Beard, to Julian Burnick, to Clint Bohati, to Jen Graneman, and everyone else. Thank you to all my co-hosts, Nick, Anna, Andre, Pete, Megan, John. And thank you also to Adam McKithern for awesome custom-generated maps, which you can see on our website, along with the posts for each series. And, and also, thank you, Adam, for being on the show, too. You were on the show once on the Balanced Power series. And uh, also, I want to say thank you to the academics and podcasters that have appeared on the show, like Dr. Jillian Kenny of Trinity College in Dublin, who's now researching the history of sex toys, by the way. <laughs> she was a really fun one to talk to. Thank you to Finn Duar of the Irish History Podcast. And coming up, we're going to be having Alex Cruikshanks of the History of Yugoslavia podcast on the show, and also Dr. Noah Charney from the University of Ljubljana in Slovenia on the show. So thank you to all of you. I want to thank the bands who have generously contributed music for our grand finale episodes. Thank you to Twin Guns for the soundtrack to our Irish Geish finale mashup of Dejerga's Hostel with Pulp Fiction. And thank you to David and Henry Dutton of 8-Bit Cinema for the soundtrack 
to our Russian serfdom finale of runaway serf Nikolai Shipov's autobiography mashed up with Star Wars. And very soon, in just two weeks, like I said, we're going to have our cuneiform grand finale featuring a soundtrack by Belgian industrial band Militia. It's haunting. It's good. You don't want to miss it. Thank you to everybody who has written in with comments. That really encourages us. I've loved drawing the portraits for you guys. We've done something like 43 portraits of listeners altogether now. And if you haven't gotten yours yet, you can get yours or one for a friend by supporting the show on Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash deadideaspod. Thank you to everybody who's reviewed us on iTunes. That really helps our show to grow in the charts. We've got mostly five-star reviews. But, but but actually, honestly, my favorite is the lone two-star review that we received, which I would like to read for you now. <laughs> it's entitled Sophomoric, and here's how it goes. Excellent concept. Unfortunately, a bunch of college kids with no particular charisma or substantive knowledge laughing at each other's banter does not make for an entertaining or informative podcast. <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> Well, I mean, it just underscores the fact that history is not supposed to be for everybody. Our style is not supposed to be for everybody, and that's fine because we are not the History Channel. We are not going for ratings. We are not going for a profit. Every contribution that we get goes right back into the show, and no one here, not even me, takes a cut. I mean, I've sunk so much of my own money into microphones and books and sound-absorbing acoustic tiles that I'd be happy just to break even, eventually, someday. That's my only dream with this show, monetarily speaking. But see, that's the thing about history podcasters. We, we do it for the passion. What contributions actually really provide to us is moral support. It's encouragement so that we don't feel like we're just speaking into the void. While, meanwhile, BS like the History Channel sweeps the charts. I mean, $5 a month isn't about paying the bills so much as it is about saying, hey, you're doing good work and I'm willing to demonstrate that that is appreciated. That's what it's really about. And thank you to those who give us that encouragement. Finally, most of all, I want to thank my wife, Rachel. Not only for doing the music for the show, and for doing the awesome graphic design. The website, if you haven't been there, really is beautiful. You should definitely check it out. But mainly for putting up with me. I mean, each time I research a series, I know that I'm ready to start scripting the episodes when I reach the point where Rachel starts making fun of me for talking about it all the time. <laughs> thank you, Rachel, for letting me do this. All right, thank you, everybody. Remember to vote in our Who Should Play Tito contest, and you'll be entered in a random drawing to win a portrait. Winner announced September 17th. Details on our website. And finally, everybody, last but not least, everybody remember to post your rant. Hashtag fuck you history channel. I want to hear it. All right, everybody. I'll see you next week. I'm BT Newberg, and this is One Year of Dead Ideas. <laughs>